You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome to another shift on the Geek's Watch this week. We're going to go through a whole series or season of a show in one day. Yay! Yep. Not going to make everybody wait week to week, so how, do, how does that all, <laughs> how does that make everybody feel? My eyes are still bleeding. Yeah, I, I was happy I could binge watch this one. I feel like I would not have. I would not have survived week to week for this one. Yeah, this particular one needed to be a binge. There is, there's no other way to watch this one. Uh-uh. So it's really just an eight-hour movie. Yeah. It, it was. It really is. It really, yeah. <laughs> it's actually the first third of an eight-hour movie. Oh yeah, eight hours right. of the movie. Yeah. I know so. we'll get to it, but the ending of this season pissed me off. <laughs> I was furious. So yes, that was always gonna end. We're what we watched uh, The Witcher on Netflix. Bum, bum, bum. Sounds like this could be a tongue twister. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Geeks watch, watch The Witcher. We watched. Yep, <laughs> we watched The Witcher for the week for the Geeks Watch Week Watch. <laughs> there you go. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, before we get to that, we'll talk about the, our Weeks Watch. John, what did you watch this week? Uh, let's come back to me around the north. Okay, the so oh, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? So we went to go. Mitch and I went to go see uh, 1917 uh, when it came out this last Thursday. Excellent movie. I highly encourage anybody to go and see it, um, unless, of course, you just absolutely cannot do anything that involves any form of violence. Like, I mean, but it's not like the violence is over dramatized like the mm. violence that's in it is there for a purpose which i always appreciate because i hate the violence for violence sake <clears throat> it's not my thing so typically war movies i don't enjoy all that much i love the history of it it's definitely one of my things but i typically don't like a lot of war movies because it's just about let's shoot off limbs and see all the blood and guts and this was very much about the plot line and the blood you blood and guts you saw was strictly for moving the plot forward hmm. and for setting the scene um so i thought it was an excellently done film i really really enjoyed it and i would encourage anybody to go see it yeah uh i thought i already i mean if i had seen this at the end of last year probably would have got one of my top favorite of last year i mean obviously we here in yuma was not we're not able to see it mm-hmm. uh until now but um it, it's such a good movie it's the unique storytelling of continuous shot you know oh. with, with hidden ta- with hidden uh splices and stuff like that and it's like my favorite <laughs> <laughs> the the acting is is superb too and the, the i mean the performances you get out of 
the two main characters. I I could not imagine what it was like to film this movie. Yeah. Um, funny thing was is that uh, Jason was with us, and he turned to me at the beginning of the movie, and he was like, "That's Tomlin, right?" From Game of Thrones. I was yeah. like, what? Yep. And I was like, oh, yeah, it is him. And then he's like, I guess you better stay away from windows. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yes, it was, a, it, was a, it was an incredible movie. So if you have the opportunity, you should go see it in your local theater. Jessica, what did you watch? Um, I watched all of part two of Carol and Tuesday on Netflix. It's an anime that takes place in the future on Mars in which all music now is made by like synthetic AIs and Tuesday loves Cindy Lauper and runs away with her guitar, runs into Carol as she's playing piano on the streets and they become a singer songwriter duo. And it's about basically their slow rise to fame pretty much. Oh wow. Yeah. It's really, really beautiful. The animation is beautiful and the songs from it are great. I, love the original songs from it you said this was on hulu uh netflix netflix okay and And, yeah (laughs) this this series it's actually from um the same person who did cowboy bebop back in the day oh i didn't know oh i didn't know that no wonder okay (laughs) (laughs) it's so good it's so good i mean so i don't i've never watched any of cowboy bebop is is music a big part of cowboy bebop also um yes yes Okay. Like, like they don't they don't have people performing mm-hmm. all the time or anything, but uh, the music is very specifically chosen to go with the scenes and stuff. And it has, like the even just the theme song itself was like very specifically created for yeah. that show. It's like yeah, a jazz by vibe. the band Seatbelts, which is kind of like modern jazz, like jazz in space. Mm-hmm. I actually have a few. Yeah, of the it songs. was uh, Yoko Kano, the the person who did the the theme song or d- who did the theme song. They mm-hmm. they put that band together yeah. to do that song. Uh, but they also did like the scoring for the whole rest of the series and stuff. You know what jazz in space is called? What jizz? No. Oh, why God, would it be why called did that? I? Why? Why would it be called that? I you know better. Nothing. I know better. That's <laughs> George Lucas. That's literally what that music style they play in the cantina is called. It's a jazz. It's a jizz band. It's a. Jizz, of course, George Lucas came up with that. Of course. <laughs> why, why George Lucas? <laughs> Anyone that performs uh, jizz music is called a jizz whaler. Just so you know. Okay, Thank so that this is really, really good coffee, by the way. <laughs> I'm awake now. So that's, what, that's, what that's what you'll call the, the the Star Wars podcast that you do. I like it. I'm okay with this. <laughs> We're going to get a whole new demographic of people coming to check out our podcast, but okay. I think I need to to this coffee. Uh, We're right. going to keep going. <laughs> uh, so is, that the, is it one season that's on Netflix? Is it more than one season? It's... <coughs> Two seasons. Technically, it's two parts. Okay. And the <clears throat> second part just came out. So. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that is on Netflix, and it's available in two parts right now. Steven, what did you watch this week? Uh, so, I watched... Um, there's a, a YouTube channel called Noclip. They do a bunch of video game documentaries and stuff. They're very mm-hmm. good. Um, they're all free for everyone to watch and supported by Patreon. Um, this this week, they, did, they released one that was about the Outer Wilds. Um, it's very confusingly named similar to another game that's out right now called Outer Worlds. Um, mm. but, um, but that, that, that whole game, the, the whole premise for the game is that you're on this planet, like exploring like ancient ruins and stuff like that. Uh, and you end up while you're out there, the sun explodes 
on the planet and you you're stuck in this time loop of things putting together trying to put together what happened on this planet back in the day and their whole history and just like it's it's all basically from text things and like hieroglyph kind of things it's a very cool game and it was a very well done documentary about the game so they do they do video game like documentaries it. about like making of the game or just the game in general um both it it depends on what the subject is so they they've done other documentaries on stuff um like odd games where it's like uh there's this one game called Frog Fractions which ostensibly looks like it's like a kids educational game but then you play it and it's a whole other game in and of itself that's much more fit for like um not necessarily like adult consumption, but like um, someone who's aware of the fact that they're getting into a game that's something else. It doesn't become horror or anything grotesque or anything like that. Uh, it's just there's a whole lot more going on there. And so they did a documentary that was about that and how that game came to be. That guy even hid like a sequel to that game inside of another game that he released. It it's crazy. <laughs> so the the channel's no clip. They've they've done documentaries on um, the 2016 Doom video game. Um, how that game came to be, some other games, like um, their background information that's much more interesting. I don't know. It's a very good YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds great. YouTube. Uh, this week, I watched a new show that premiered on NBC called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I did not know what to expect from it. Uh, I knew that it had... Um, Jane Levy and Skylar Aston in it, and I like both of those actors, so I was like, okay, let's give this a try. Had not seen a uh, trailer for it at all. Uh, checked it out, and yeah, I enjoyed this a lot. It what? was so good. Um, the premise of the show is that Jane Levy, who is a coder in San Francisco, she uh, is kind of like not a very happy person. I don't know. She's she's very introvert and, and doesn't like to interact with other people, uh, even to the point where her neighbor who sings in her apartment, like, upsets her. So um, one day when she's having a MRI uh, because of something, I don't remember what, um, they have an earthquake, as they do in, Sa- in San Francisco. And because during the MRI, the... MRI Tech was um, having music play out of Spotify or YouTube or something like that on the computer. It all starts to play at the same time and it jumbles up her brain, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And now she can kind of hear inner people's thoughts through song. So Mm. every once in a while, people just break out into song and dance in the middle of uh, as she's walking by them and she kind of gets a glimpse into their how they're feeling emotionally. Mm. Mm. One of the problems I have with the premise is that like at sometimes people will will do big group songs and stuff. And I was like, well, is that the one person having that emotion or is all of them having that emotion? And how is it? What is it? I think they call that like a, a shared delusion. I mean, it could be, (laughs) but it's only her that sees it. So like so okay basically like in the in the very beginning I'm not giving anything away she as she's getting this new power it's uh she she starts walking downtown and one person starts singing help from the Beatles so I was like okay that person needs help like they're they're feeling down 
but then it just skips to the next person. So then I was like, oh, is it supposed to be she feels that? She feels, and then everybody else is expressing that back to her. But then later on in the show, a person that she works with starts singing a song that's, that's expressing that he is super, like, super depressed, even though his outer uh, projection is that he's happy and upbeat and stuff like that. And she ends up talking to him. And that's the whole, that's going to be the premise of the show is that eventually she has to talk to whoever it is that's singing to her and help them with whatever problem it is. And, uh, you know, that's what it ends up. She ends up helping him. So it's, I mean, I don't, I'm having issues with the, how it's being expressed, but I do like the show. (laughs) This is the best way to (laughs) put it. So it's it's like, it's like what women want. Um, Joan of Arcadia and Glee. And yes, all three thrown together. All right. (laughs) I would even throw in a little bit of the, uh, the morning newspaper one. Oh, the early edition? Yes. Okay. It's got a little bit of that. It's a gimmick, but it sounds like it works because music. So Yes, because music. (laughs) (laughs) As long as you pick poppy songs, (laughs) it's probably going to be work. It's going to work out well. It'd be funny if it was something in German and you're like, I don't know what you're trying to say right now. No, no, all all they say is 99 Red Balloons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is about the end of the world, which we might be approaching so oh well, way to bring it down <laughs> can watch? actually can that be my week's watch because that's what i looked into the most this year this week <laughs> i if, if you need to if you need to talk about it we, we're here <laughs> uh yes so that is on nbc you can catch it uh when it airs i believe on wednesday nights or on thursday on hulu so what were you about to say john um I was gonna make a dumb joke about World War Three. Third parts are always the worst, but um, are they? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, according to Jean Grey and X Men First Class or whatever the one she was in. Wait. Yeah, that's no, right. Yeah, because we're about to talk about the third part today, aren't we? Uh. No, that's next week, sir. That's yes Shit. and no, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so <laughs> way to ruin it. <laughs> <sighs> That's, uh, why, that's why I hesitated. <laughs> well, my week's watch. Uh, yeah, John, what was oh, yeah. your week's watch? <laughs> so now yeah, that I, we've gotten back around to you, I couldn't remember because this just been a long week for me. But uh, yes, I actually did a rewatch of sorts. Uh, but it's a movie I haven't seen in almost fifteen years, so I think that, that maybe counts it as first time again. Um, I watched Goldeneye. Really? Yes. Uh-huh. They just, Always a good choice. Ugh, one they, of my favorites. They just put uh, basically all the Pierce Brosnan movies on Netflix, um, and also the first and second Ninja Turtles, which I need to go back and rewatch also. Um, Why not the third one? The third one, <laughs> <laughs> the third one does not exist. Again, the third part is always the How worst. How dare you? No, it, you they know, had a scepter that no, took them to no, China. You're being canceled. Anyway, so. <laughs> Was it in Japan? <laughs> Yes, it was. It was Japan. Um, it was Japan. It was Japan. Apparently, Racist. during a time when they were trading with the English, apparently, because that was a thing. Yeah, happened. sure. Whatever. <laughs> um, so anyway, yes, I haven't seen Goldeneye in a very long time, and I saw that it was on my feed, and I was like, oh, I got to watch this. So I put it on, and I was immediately transported to like a 16-year-old kid, and mm-hmm. I realized, oh, this is where my Russian woman <laughs> thing started. Fabian <laughs> Jansen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isabella Skorupto definitely did something to me back then. She kills people by squeezing them until they suffocate. No, 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 that was Fomka Johnson. That's what I just said. No, Fomka- I meant oh. the other one. Oh, the, okay. the, the, the good one. 
The redhead. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, it all makes sense now. Yes. <laughs> my, my, my fetish for very tall men with metal teeth probably started with James Bond. <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah. You know what? Uh, and as a matter of fact, my first Bond though was actually uh, Timothy Dalton. Was it? Oh, I remember oh, wow. watching uh, when back when I had HBO in the late 80s. It was uh, either The Living Daylights or A View to a Kill. I can't remember which of the two it was. All I remember is that there was a car that shot a laser out of one of its tires, and it cut a Russian car <laughs> in half. That's the only scene I can remember, but that's firmly glued in my brain from when I was like six or seven. But I think that's View to a Kill. What? I'm not sure. I don't know. I I, about right. I know I watched Living Daylights when I was a little kid, but I had no idea it was Bond. So I think the first Bond movie I was I did watch was GoldenEye. Yeah, GoldenEye was. But exactly. I watched that after I played the game. Yeah, me too. Exactly. <laughs> like, and you know what's funny about that? A little the game anecdote. Was good, <laughs> um, I always would get stuck on the train level because I couldn't yes. figure out what to do. <laughs> and then I watched the movie, and I was like. Oh, oh. <laughs> I use the now. watch to get out of the thing. I was like, it, it's so weird because, like, I mean, if I had a just strategy like, guide or something, you. or just played it wrong longer, maybe I could have figured it out. But literally, it tells you what to do in the movie. Yeah, and it's like, oh, this is mm. great synergy here between <laughs> these two. And I think the game actually came out like almost two years after the movie. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Something like that. Um, I mean, I, I, I did. honestly, all I ever did was play the multiplayer. I mean, you know what? And the, the multiplayer or with the big heads, <laughs> both. <Yes. Yeah. laughs> slappers only or slappers paintball? Slappers yeah. only. Paintball. I was, but I would always be the guy that would just throw proximity mines everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, those are small hallways in there. No, <laughs> no odd job. No golden guns. Um, you know, speaking of that no clip documentary on uh, that uh, Outer Wilds you were talking about, there's been a few that I've seen <clears> also on uh, Goldeneye, and it's really fascinating. The story. I was mention that it. one. Yeah, they. Um, <laughs> Apparently, GoldenEye was done kind of last minute by a team that never worked on a first-person shooter before. And the multiplayer was literally added, like, only a few months before it was set to ship. Wow. Like, they just had some extra space in the cart. They're like, well, what can we do? I don't know. Let's uh, just put, like, a Royal Rumble type thing in there. And it became one of the best games ever (laughs) from, like, a bunch of people that didn't know what they were doing. So you mean accidents make great products? It, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you just had the right Second people five, involved. Yeah. You know, they they didn't know what they couldn't do, so they just kind of threw it all in there, and it just was marvelous. What were you gonna say, Stephen? Uh, in one of the no clip documentaries, they're talking to a team about another game, but a bunch of those people worked on that game, and they went into the thing talking about it. Like, there's like a, an island in there that you were supposed to be able to visit that you didn't get to visit. Mm, yeah. Um, they talked about like the the rush development for the stuff when they finally got the project, everything in there. Well, they talked about another game. I don't know which episode that is, but it was cool. Okay, there you go. So check out Goldeneye yeah. on Netflix, and and ignore the rest because they get progressively worse. Yeah, World is Not Enough is not great. Tomorrow Never Dies is not great. Uh, what's the one with Madonna? I like the Die, world another day. Die, Die another day. Die another day is okay, but that's I like Die another day. I, I like all of them. They, they <laughs> say I grew up on James Bond, so know, they really like, can't do any wrong for the, me. I, yeah, pretty much. I, I don't know. I've I gone back worst, and watched. I think those. the one I don't like the most is probably Casino Royale. What? What? Casino Royale is no. so good, but it's not James Bond. Yeah. Good. No, it is. Wait, no. You're, you're talking about the the, the one, Daniel the first Craig one with Daniel Craig. Yeah. 
No. Uh, Wait, that's the reason why it's so good. It's not yes. like the rest of the James Bonds. It, it no, reset the whole that's thing. That's the reason why it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but Wait. I like the other Daniel Craig one, so I, yeah. I like Skyfall. How can you not like Skyfall? I know. It's like, amazing. <laughs> yeah, but... That one was my yeah. least favorite. Like, yeah. Other than maybe Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Maybe. See, I can't watch any of those Honor Majesty's old Secret ones Service with my least Roger Moore or Sean Connery. They just, they're just they too cheesy yeah. for me. See, and well, Sean Connery see. will always be my James Bond. No. No. Roger Moore is like my favorite. <laughs> God, those are so bad. But they're that's so great. Like. That's what I grew up on. Like You're, you're not going to win this argument. It's I know. nostalgia I for know. us. I guess I know. we can all agree that the George Lazenby one is no one's favorite. <laughs> That is that. Oh, that's yeah. valid. Isn't that the first Casino Royale? No, the no, first Casino no. Royale was Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson. Yes, it was done as a comedy. Yeah. Mm, I'm thinking. I think I'm thinking of a different one then. Okay. Because there's, I don't know. I, I walked past it in uh, Blockbuster when I was working there all the time, and it didn't have Woody. You're not Woody Allen is what you're trying to say, right? Oh yeah, Woody Allen. Why I was like Woody Harrelson. Harrelson. Oh no, <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah, Woody. His fetus was uh, in uh, Casino Royale, the first one. I don't even consider that what it is. I mean, it is based off of Ian Fleming's book. Yeah. But it's not part of the James Bond. No, it's not. It had Orson Welles in it. All right. Dude, like, it's not like, it's not like everything Ian Fleming writes is great. There's a James Bond book that's out there that's called Trigger Mortis. Trigger Mortis? I mean, that's just good writing right there. Mm I don't even know. I don't know my Latin. What does that mean? Uh, rigor mortis is like the stiffness oh, of death. Trigger yeah. mortis. Got it. Yeah. It's a pun. <laughs> it's a punny pun. Yeah. <laughs> but did you watch that made-for-TV movie that was about Ian Fleming's life with um the guy who plays Howard Stark as Ian Fleming? No, but now I'm Dominic afraid to. Dominic Cooper, yeah. I did watch the Timeless so episode good. that oh, was about Ian Fleming. <laughs> well, sometimes the stuff about somebody is better than what they actually made. Oh, so yeah. It just oh, depends. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. All right. That was our, our week's watch, everybody. Sounds great. Big old variety of stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about The Witcher now. So if you have not watched all of The Witcher, which I'm sure if you were going to watch it, you would have watched it all by now, uh, come back and watch, listen to us after you do. So how does everybody... Wait, which Witcher were we watching? Uh, <laughs> how did everybody feel about the show? John, um, this is my cup of tea mm. for oh, sure. Okay, yeah i <laughs> I want to say I maybe understood about sixty percent of what was happening. <laughs> Even by the end, I'm still like, okay, wait, what? So what? What? But I was never bored. I was always entertained. Even during the really weird. Uh, hedgehog wedding thing that happened. <laughs> I was I was in the whole time. I, I was just like on the edge of my seat, just like what's happening next, what's going on here, where are we in the timeline? Because I realized, uh, oh wait, this isn't linear. We're having oh, see, like I a Westworld situation here. Um, but I was fully invested, and also um, slackjawed hunchback Jennifer is way hotter than the transformed version. Fight me on that. <laughs> No, no, I, I agree. Okay. Okay. All right. Hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shame anybody on their nope. king. Yeah, so. No. <laughs> so, Elizabeth, how did you feel? So, I anticipated it being really rough to get through, just based off of what people have described. But I'm actually with John. It, it is very much my cup of tea. There was a little more jump scares and blood and violence than 
ideal for me. Especially but... what you were led to believe, Mr. <laughs> yeah. The first five minutes is all you're going to have to worry about for scary stuff. No, so if you can get past the first five minutes, Better you'll be okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. That episode when you have the the cursed princess, that was that pretty was bad. Pretty that was, yeah, that was a little, that was terrifying. Um, it was but, just a princess. Yeah. Get a princess that just like people in the, their The xenomorph is just a queen. Yeah. <laughs> But um, definitely the 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 fantasy high fantasy high fantasy drama interplay with sword politics sword Pol- oh, yeah. yeah that's right politics so I mean because you you do have all of those things and I really enjoyed the fact that the timeline wasn't linear because I was having to pay attention mm-hmm. I had it, yeah. it that in of itself kept me focused on a lot of the little things. Um, I will say I was very unhappy with the ending. I knew that, you know, we were talking about a second season, so I expected some threads to be left open. But where they chose to cut it off at the end of the first season, I'm like, no, you need one more episode, and then you can call it a season. Like, there's just... There's a lack of any closure in that final episode that really kind of drove me absolutely bonkers. Um, Because, you know, you... To me, in a season, you at least close out something. Something ends well, up... Well, they closed out that he got there. That was the closing. Uh. No, I liked it. <laughs> but it's also what it's based off of, too. So Books. Yeah. Yeah. So, but t- to me, like, the ending should have been kind of discovering what their destiny is, mm-hmm. and then the second season would be fulfilling that, as opposed to... Yeah. Just meeting each other. Okay, I still don't know. Yeah. Well, the the book anything that they're supposed to do. The books they base this off of are a set of short stories before the actual first book. Is uh, what they base this whole season off of. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, oh, okay. And then so the second season's going to be the kind of the first, first book, book, the first book book. Okay, so that that season will probably close out a It'll little. It'll close cl- out closer to what I would expect a season yeah. to close out as. That makes a lot more sense because um, I didn't know. I knew they were based off of books, but I didn't realize that. Ending, yeah. So, but yeah, no, I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. So, Jessica, you got a, we got a little bit of your uh, thoughts. What what else you? I, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I think it was very surprising to me because yeah, the the first episode I was kind of sort of like, uh, it's gonna be like every like macho man fantasy. All the women are gonna be, uh, but I was kind of surprised with the queen role, the lioness. And I was like, okay, maybe not so bad. And then when Yennefer came in, I was like, oh, okay, I, li- I like how they're writing women in this. Yeah. And and yeah, the and then when he talked to his horse Roach. I was like, oh, I'm in love with him. <laughs> bye bye, Mandalorian. <laughs> Hello, Witcher. But <laughs> no, I, I really liked it. And, like, you know, I didn't, I didn't play the video games. I didn't even really know about the books. But now I'm thinking about, I might, I've already bought the set of short stories. So. You might have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I'm already learning the song. <laughs> and I'm probably going to end up getting Witcher 3, the video game, too. So, so when you read the books, are you going to imagine the Witcher's voice as a Henry Cavill's gruff? Probably. I like I like a gruff voice, though. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, that's how I do comic books, usually. Like, if I read a Batman comic book, I think of... Christian Bale? Nope. I think of... Adam West? No. Kevin Conroe? George Clooney. No. <laughs> <laughs> to the Batmobile. 
we have a problem. Uh, uh, Steven, you were the most uh, hesitant at doing this show. Yeah. So how do you feel after watching the whole first season? It's fine. It's fine. It, it's it's fine. It got better after the first episode. The first episode, again, like I, everyone here has said, is like it's that's an, that's a rough episode. If that had been the whole series, like I I wouldn't have made it through at all in any way, shape, or form. Um, but it got better. They added in a lot of humor, which significantly changes the series. I think for the better. Um, so I'm, I'm glad about that. But I still I don't, I don't know. I think I just took in too much fantasy when I was a kid. And now I, I'm 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 full. I don't need more. <laughs> See, I, you need I, to empty out some of those memory banks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I, I have too many Dragonlance books, man. Oh. Hey, um, rubber cement. Trust me on that. You can take oh, out God. your <laughs> to clean out your brain. Just yes. have some have it, some glue. It, it really works. <laughs> Let's be clear, we don't advise anybody to do that. <laughs> yeah, I see. I, I believe you're destroying those memory cells at that point. You're not going to be able to fill them back up with anything. I like the idea of me just like totally jumping the shark on like alcohol, smoking, or anything like that, and just going straight to huffing glue. <laughs> No, let's let's not let's not do that. <laughs> like screw the gateway, no, just no, jump all, right all in. in. <laughs> oh god! No, all in all, like it's 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 much better than I expected it to be, but it's still it, this is not my shit. Okay, you were about to say something, Jessica? No. Okay. Uh, I am probably right there with Stephen. Like, I did enjoy this show. I thought it was pretty good, but it. <sighs> For me, it felt like, and it probably be, it doesn't help for the ending that it had in the first season, mm-hmm. but it felt like so much was happening for nothing to actually happen, if that makes any sense. Like, you might not agree, but if you understand what I'm saying. No, you know, I actually do agree. It's it's basically like backstory <coughs> in a whole season. Yeah. It, feel, it really feels like it's an introduction to characters, but it takes eight episodes to introduce <laughs> you to these characters. Very much so. So, like... Like there are whole episodes where it was cool to watch and there was lots of things going on, but I was like, that gave me absolutely nothing <laughs> mm. by the time after we, we got to the end of it. Um Yeah, he's cool. He he knows how to you know what, he fights for the <laughs> monsters sometimes, and that's awesome. Like the only real monster I think you see him kill was the one in the very beginning when he's in the the swamp or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh everything else is more like is more like, hey, 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 this is a cursed dude. Why are you trying to kill him? <laughs> <Come Yeah. down. laughs> or that's just a princess that's been cur- I mean, there was a lot of curses in this in this thing. Yeah. Magic. yeah. So um I also don't really understand why the need for the for the screwy timeline. Like the nonlinear storytelling. Like it doesn't really serve a purpose. There's uh, no big reveal. There's no big like, hey, you needed this piece of information early on. It's just all kind of like... It, go ahead. I was gonna, it would have been different if you got a little bit more at the end of the season. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, if, if, if all the time stuff happened and then culminated, even in just, like, maybe five minutes more, like, with something big happening right there, and so we know that they everything led them together to this point, and then 
they're going to be up against something, it would have been a little bit different, you know? Yeah. I think the biggest the biggest reason they did it is because it's the same thing that happened at the end of Watchmen when you had Ozymandias was actually inside the statue. Well, Witcher was actually in the in the dungeon underneath the castle when the whole place was going to shit, etc. So that was the <clears throat> that's the I think that was the yeah. big reason they did the the out of sequence timeline. And all like, those conversations you didn't hear, you're now hearing them, and they're all about the Witcher. Yeah, you're like oh okay. But see, when you're dying on the <coughs> on your bed, and you're like, hey, go to the go to the Witcher, Geralt of Rivia. He's down in the dungeon. That's the last thing you should have said. <laughs> Instead, you're just like, go to him. You'll find him. Destiny will take you to him. Just it just took see, forever. What we didn't see is the video. If this is the video game, and she had a mini map, but she didn't use. She didn't use. Yeah. Did she? Did she take it off the her H H U D? That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, so it's got it's got a V. She's just like turn off all HUD elements. <laughs> now it's a bad way to do it. Well, once we find out that he was in the dungeon when this was all happening, we also find out that by the time they went to go get him, he was gone. Right. He was a witcher. But he'd already left. So that's why she didn't say he's in the dungeon because he wasn't in the dungeon at that point. Yeah, yeah, she had already known that he wasn't in the dungeon. So she didn't know where he was at that time. And I think this great timeline is meant (coughs) because you're technically following multiple storylines and they're trying to keep you up to date as each of them is experiencing it, but they're experiencing it at different times in their lives. Yeah, I mean, I understand it's also kind of like, obviously, Yennefer and uh, Geralt are both older than Syria? Syria? Cyrilla. Cyrilla? Cyrilla. Whatever. Uh, I think they call her Siri at some point. (laughs) Uh, but, But you want them to both, to all three... <laughs> and it's like Mitch, Mitch's assistance. Like, no, no, no. Listen, they're gonna call her this at the end, like in the in, like some point in the future. I insist so this is how I'm gonna refer to her. A bunch of people's iPhones woke up every time they talked to her. It happens. <laughs> but I, I, I assume they want all three characters to prog- to progress as characters the same time in the show. Yeah. But you don't really get that with Geralt. Like he doesn't really have an arc he doesn't change from the when you first see him to when you last see him siri Ooh, or cyril or whatever her name is does he gains a friend no, he gains a friend i was to say it's I, the true treasure we made <laughs> <laughs> but he does he does change because he starts to see himself as being a part of the bigger picture as opposed to just i am over here all i do is kill monsters for gold and that's it. Yeah, but and even, then okay, I don't kill all the monsters because some monsters don't deserve to die. And then okay, now I'm involved, but I'm going to step back because I don't like being involved. But that was that was like that was him in the first episode. Destiny. The first episode is him saying, telling the wizard, "Nah, fuck you. I ain't going to go kill this lady because it's not it. You know, she doesn't need to be killed. You're done with your stupid your prophecy." And then he's like, he tells Rinfrey. No, I'm not going to help you go kill the wizard because that, that's also dumb. Like, you should just go live yeah, your he, own life. Y'all dumb. But I think part of the reason... He did already have kind of an idea... Oh, Go ahead. Uh, yeah. He already did have an idea of, like, non-interference or something like mm-hmm. that. Because even when they go first see that goat face guy, yeah, um, he's already saying, like, sometimes it's nothing, you know? And so he, he's wise to the idea that some of the jobs that he gets are, like, for harmless things that just need to be told to leave, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think we pretty much started with him in that spot. 
See, but I think the first episode and the reason it's so different than the rest of it is that is his setup. Why is he so jaded? Because he because that clearly occurs long before any of the rest of this does. And I think that is meant to set up for us why he's so jaded, why he doesn't want to get involved, why he is so against being part of anything bigger. Because the one time he tried to step in, he had to kill somebody that was the first person he thought he cared about. Yeah. And it was for nothing, and it just got him, you know, labeled as a monster yeah. himself. The butcher of Blavinkin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, because his whole thing also is the, you know, scurring fate and destiny. Like, ugh, whatever. Like, I'm just a monster killer. Like, I'm not part of anything, or that's his other thing. So, but I think that's why the first episode is so different than the rest of it, because it is supposed to just be here's why our main character is jaded and hates everybody. He also <laughs> does kill two other monsters, but they're off screen. I just remembered. Yeah, mm. that's true. I mean, I guess that's not the exciting thing to do is kill yeah. monsters. No, it's all about the <laughs> interpersonal drama and Jaskier. Okay. Yes, Jaskier. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about that. What are your favorite characters throughout the show? Uh, Yennefer, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yennefer. And then uh, Jaskier would be a close second. Okay. Um, and more specifically, just the interplay between him and the Witcher, because the Witcher or Geralt, whatever, um, you could tell he's definitely annoyed by him, but he lets him come along. It's kind of like a Shrek and Donkey relationship. And by the end of it, <coughs> Geralt genuinely seems to care for yet yeah, Jaskier, you know, to the point where he does whatever he can, goes into the uh, the mage's den to try to get some help for him. Um, never fully says this is my friend, but uh, yeah, you could see it in his eyes that he's like. Well, he's, yeah, he's upset is, when oh, he yeah. thinks he's dead. And this is the only one I have in my life. And whoa, I just had some crazy deja vu. Have we talked about this before? We have not. No. <laughs> Damn, it's, it's just that it's so similar to other stories. Or maybe it's in another timeline. <laughs> no, I, I, I need to like lay off the glue. But um, the uh, this, their their relationship as it changes throughout. You know, they have like a sort of bickering. Uh, love-hate friendship type thing, but I really liked it. I like their interplay between those two. Elizabeth. And Jaskier's just fucking funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Elizabeth? Um, I, in, Jennifer and Jaskier were great. Um, I also really liked Tissaia. Um okay. I didn't like her at the beginning, but it, as you start to get more of her throughout the series, you kind of get where she's coming from, and that very... Because oftentimes when female characters are written, if they're written as strong, it's because they chop off people's heads and mm-hmm. they, as opposed to just being cold and calculating. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to survive. The way we survive, the way my, my system survives is by doing these things that are seen as brutal, but aren't physically brutal. Mm. Like when she turns the girls into eels and... She tells Jennifer, you know, sometimes the best thing a flower can do for us is die. Yeah, I don't, I, uh, honestly, I don't, maybe I wasn't paying enough close attention. I don't understand her character. I feel like there's a turn with her character that I did not get to see. Like, she's very stern with Jennifer and all the other students. Well, at least some of the students. Some of the students, she's kind of like, oh, you're my star pupil. And then all of a sudden, Jennifer's like her best friend or her star pupil or, or like, she sees her as like her. There's yeah. that conversation they have about yeah. that. And mm-hmm. I think that's supposed to be the part. And then she just opens up from there. Yeah. Well, and I, I think she tries to be 
essentially what any good teacher is, is different to each student depending upon what they need. Mm. Some students need to be, you know, they aren't going to just rise to the occasion. They kind of have to be forced to. Mm. Like they, they have to have something to push back against. Otherwise, they don't feel like they really need to do anything. Others, you know, any little form of criticism would destroy them. So I think that's where her character is at the beginning. And then as you start to see her as peer to peer as opposed to student to pupil Mm -hmm. or teacher to pupil, you start to see more of her backstory and more of the things she's fighting against and more of the Mm -hmm. large gameplay that she's trying to take in to keep those she sees as the best in the positions of power. Okay. Any other characters? Um, I mean, I enjoy it, and I cannot think of his name. He accompanies Cirilla. He's the elf. Dara. 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 Thank you. I really liked him. In Is that rat boy? Yes. He, boy. he makes her eat the rat, yeah. <laughs> um, I like the fact that he is very much just kind of like trying to be her common sense. Like, just let's think about this for just a second. This like, guy's shady as hell. <laughs> like... I may not know much, <laughs> but I'm very clear that this doesn't feel right, um, which is always kind of a relief because you rarely get a character who's truly there just to be like, hey, whoa, hmm, time out. Let's think about this. Let's ask some questions. So that was um, quite enjoyable to see. I, I enjoyed the refreshing t- different take on some of the characters. Okay. Uh, Jessica? Um. Yennefer was probably my favorite character, mainly because when I was first introduced to her, I kind of sort of was like, oh, she's going to be evil. Like, <laughs> just kind of like the arc. I mean, because she wanted to be beautiful and willing to do anything for it. And just just her background, her tortured background. I'm like, she's going to be super evil. Like, I was expecting her to be like the big bad by the end. That's what I was expecting. And then, yes, she always is reaching for power. It, and she's willing to do a lot for it, but she's willing to do anything against herself for it. Not necessarily to other people. I mean, not that she's super nice to other people. There's <laughs> some things she does, but um, it like she drew a moral line and she stuck to it. And then especially by that last episode, you understood, oh, okay. Like you, you understood her character and that she, she is like inside, like really good hearted and, willing to do anything for people willing to step up and yeah i also thought it was very interesting that yes her initial thing is hey i want to i need power i need all the power i need as much power as i possibly get and then Mm -hmm. eventually turns like i no i i actually need my uterus i need to (laughs) be able to have kids and that's her search is like how can i restore my ability to have a kid kind of thing well Uh, and i found it interesting that the start wasn't I need power. The start was I need to be worth being loved. Yeah. Like that was her whole goal mm-hmm. in the beginning was that was the reason she wanted to be beautiful was because she didn't think that she would have any worth without it. And then she got yeah. beautiful and she's like, mm, this doesn't mean jack shit. Not worth it. <laughs> I especially loved the, the baby scene. Yeah. I think that was probably one of my favorite scenes Where she's I've justifying. seen in a while. The yeah, we're better just, off dead kind of stuff. Yeah, I just absolutely loved that. Like we're vessels, and I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that so that 
that was interesting when the assassins coming after her and the queen that she's supposed to be protecting mm-hmm. and the baby like her power she I, mean, I don't know if this is like super early on in her state i mean it must be because she she was only she was at the place where she was assigned to go to or her she made made it so that she was, could go to there but like her all she did really was open up portals to try and help him escape like why not do some offensive plays some attack the guy kind of thing well i i I, that's one of the things is i don't quite understand how the magic works in this world like at one point we're seeing her destroy a flower to Mm. create something else right you matter the energy had to come from somewhere else if it doesn't come from the flower it was going to come from her hand like it happened to fragilla like something but at another point you know at the very end, she has that huge fire like storm thing come through. Where did yeah. that come from? Did she pull it from the earth? Did I, yeah, it, it looked like oh. she uh, absorbed it from. There was like a fire going on somewhere else, like something else was burning, and it, it looks like she sucked it up because it fire disappeared, mm-hmm. and then she concentrated it. Yeah, it's moving chaos is how the magic is described. It's well, moving and- something from one place to another. And we do learn that there are different types because we learned that the elves had the original magic or had control of the original magic and they taught humans how to use it. And then the humans... Which is never a good idea. According to, to elves, perverted it. Yeah. So clearly there are different ways magic works in this world. There's a way to be taught it. There's a way that it comes naturally. There's... Well, like, so, like her, uh, Yennefer, had natural powers, because mm-hmm. that's how she teleported when she was scared, and because she's a quarter elf, yes, is that what it was? Yeah. Um, but then other people have to be taught it, and it seems like a lot of the, 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 the women that were being taught were had some kind of natural power at some point. At least yeah. the first round, the first round but yeah. she did talk about when she came back that some of them had bought their way in, yeah. too, yeah. so they may not have... Um, Lori Loughlin was probably involved. Uh, very uh, topical. <laughs> John, very topical. But some of it, uh, I mean, Tissaia talks about when she tells Jennifer, you know, I've taught you to bottle your emotions to control your magic. Now release them. So you do get some of that interplay and that change in how aggressive she can be. Mm-hmm. And I think when she's doing the portals with the queen... She's also trying to calculate her job is to keep the kingdom intact. And if the king has sent an assassin for his queen, does she save the queen? Does she not? Who does she need to save to keep the balance of power moving, to keep everything in order? So she's doing all those calculations in her head, which is why I don't think she's doing any offensives. Mm. Okay. Because she's trying to figure out what the best play is. Yeah. Did you have anybody else you wanted to talk about? Steven, what were the characters that you enjoyed? Uh, I liked I liked Unifer's arc. I also agree. I, I do. There's some things that I think were less than ideal. Like, I understand why they're going for the idea of creating life and making babies as being so important. But I also dislike the idea that the, uh, so many of the things that she wants are also the things that are stereotypically the idea of what women are supposed to want. I, I don't know. I, I felt conflicted about that idea. Yeah. Um, it was one of the reasons but, why I was surprised but, I liked her too, was because some of her things were pretty stereotypical that would piss me off 
in other things. <laughs> but I felt like it probably was the scene where she's talking to the dead baby that probably like said it. And I was like, okay, I understand why she wants this baby now. I think there was more <clears throat> realistic reasonings behind the cliched, what like destroys women kind of sort of thing. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I know that so much of this series is also catching a whole lot of like splash damage from what the games are. Like, cause in the games, it is very much the like, power fantasy thing for girl going around betting a whole bunch of women and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> um, no, there was a serious lack of uh, Gwent, by the way. And yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. No one played Gwent at all in the in the show. Oh, that's a character in the game. Um, oh. No, it's a like a card, a card game. game? Oh. Oh. Okay. It's apparently a big part of the games themselves, like a little mini game you can do. Uh. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just. Yeah. I'm sure. It was, it was so well received. The they spun it off by itself. <laughs> <laughs> um. But but no. Um. Like uh. I just. I liked things about her stuff, but not all of it. Um. I liked the queen, in the mm. beginning. Like yeah. I just liked her in general. Like, n- no one really seemed to, like, not. I, 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 just, I liked her character in general. I have a big explanation for that one. And I, I liked the world. Okay. Those are my favorite characters. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, funny. I like I like the way that they approach magic. I like um, the way that they deliver the idea of what this world is. Like, there's so many moving pieces, and to each of those pieces, their whole world is the most important thing. But they're just one fraction of the bigger whole. See, and I felt like the, the the fact that you bring up the world was interesting because as big as it seemed, it also seemed really small. Like, it seemed like everything oh, yeah, no. was, was within a day's ride from each other. I think that yeah. the time well, jumping like, didn't help that. Yeah, probably. There, <clears throat> I think Netflix released an official map. That I heard, t- yeah. That shows you, and it's supposed to represent, like, how big it is. But I've only seen, like, a, a thumbnail of it. Um, but it did kind of remind me of like, oh, this is Skyrim or something, you know, like it's, it looks like that. It looks like a game world. Kind of. I mean, they do constantly refer to it as the continent. They're yeah, like, no. the continent is going to get taken over by Nilfgaard or whatever kind of thing. They don't say the world. They don't say, you know, you know, all everywhere or anything like that. But they just constantly say the continent. So does that imply that in future seasons or in further down on the game, I don't know, that you go to other continents? Maybe oh. even other worlds. They kept dropping this term, the the conjoining of the spheres or something like that. Mm. Um, no, I think that was just the eclipse. Was it? Because it's the the yeah. ki- the, w- the the daughters of Lilith Lilith yeah. Lilith were born during the eclipse. But when, I, uh, I think the spheres things also it introduced humans to the world. Like yeah. this was an elven world, and humans came after the spheres. Whatever the spheres are, it sounded to me something sounded, similar. Yeah. The way I kind of just imagined it would be like Thor the Dark World. Like right. the dimensions mm-hmm. kind of align and they the were realms, to spill yeah. into each other. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I interpret it. Yeah. It would definitely be like a high fantasy trope. So Jess, were, were you also wondering when uh, when humans were going to start juicing creatures and then they would have to save the dragon prince? What? <laughs> I, I think he's bringing another show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because the whole thing was like, I don't know, it, it, bastardized it, the magic that the elves created. Yeah, it is very, yeah, it is very dragon princey, huh? Because they have to pull from something natural to, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
So, characters that I liked, other than the ones that have already been stated, I liked Mosek a lot. I thought he was a he was a cool wizard, mage, whatever you want to call it. I also druid or is he a druid? Yeah, I. So, I feel like at the mages college or whatever it was, mages college. Um, they I feel like they said they only picked druid, male druids or something. I thought they said that, but yeah, I don't think I ever got whether or not he was a druid or not. Mm. Uh, well, uh, she claims he is because he doesn't have to go undergo a transformation. He doesn't have to get beautiful. He doesn't have to. Uh, he, he just has to throw on a robe. And that's just because he's a he's man. A druid. Yeah. <laughs> have those beauty standards. So I, mean, I just thought his character was was real interesting. I liked mm-hmm. the way that he played it off. He's like, hey, you know what? No, I'm gonna stay here now. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of uh, the city of Citra or whatever like that. Yeah. Um, I really really want to know more about the elves. Like I feel like that mm-hmm. that episode where they introduce the king of the elves, like. You just get that th- stuff thrown in there, and then we don't really talk about it much after that. Like the the queen of Citra killed a bunch of them, and you know destroyed destroyed their people and stuff like that. But other than that, what is what happened? Like why are they in running? What, and eventually, it sounds like somewhere down the timeline that they've established themselves as a people again and mm-hmm. have a kingdom of their own. But it's kind of just in passing that we get that dialogue. So. Yeah. I, I really would like to know more about that story. Um, yeah, it's there was. I mean, there's a lot that I did enjoy about the show. It's just I just really felt like it's all just the prelude. It's yeah. all just it's a giant long prelude. Yeah, we don't. I didn't get enough. I guess is the best way to put it. I also thought it was hilarious that everybody kept referring to Geralt as old man. Like, <laughs> yes, he has gray hair, but. Does Henry Cavill really look like an old man to you? Like, come on. <laughs> he talks very grizzled. Yeah. I think he probably talked very grizzled when he came out the womb. No, I don't want any apples. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was interesting that he ended up meeting up with his mother again at some point in time. And she's, you know, she's still young looking. I couldn't tell if that was a hallucination yeah. or she actually showed up. Because he woke up after that. Yeah, but I think uh, that's that's more of the... I think it's more magic illusion is what I would say. I think that was just more of him passing out, like, kind of thing. I think I think that he did. I think that the the uh, farmer did bring him to the a, a local uh, sorceress that was nearby to help him. And it ended up being her. Like he just never came across her for whatever reason. Yeah, because mm-hmm. destiny. Sure. <laughs> Fate. So, but I would like more story to that. Did she had a kid, and then all of a sudden someone came up to her and said, "Hey, I could teach you how to be a sorcerer. So you just have to abandon your kid or give me your kid or something like that." Like, how did that work out? Deal. <laughs> Where did that conversation come from? That was not the impression mm-hmm. I got. I got the impression that. She left Geralt on the doorstep of somebody who was going to attempt to turn him into a witcher for some other reason. Yeah. Like there was like I got the impression that she was already a sorceress. Destiny. Mm. Okay. So it's not you so it's not a, a standard for everybody that when they become a sorceress and beautiful that they have to have their uterus ripped out? Well, it sounds like if they become uh if they go through the formal school training then yes. To but. help with um help royal families. That's yeah. what that training is for, specifically to not not even help them. It's 
for the mages to basically control the world. Yeah. It's pretty much what it's for. Yeah, because they're the they're actually the ones behind the kings and queens and stuff like that. Because they're rational. Which is why they have except to be for, so... Except they're not. One yeah. of my other favorite characters, Fragilla. Like, she totally manipulates Nilfgaard into like, yeah, let's watch the whole fucking world burn. Let's let's, let's go ahead and it. take everything over. That bitch came all in all pretty in that ballroom <laughs> and I'm bitter as hell. <laughs> Although I can't, tell, I can't tell if Fragilla's doing that because she's upset or because like she's... She's just done with it. Because they keep talking about this white flame, whatever the heck that is um so like i'm not entirely convinced there isn't some other something that's messing with her brain yeah i mean or she's become like a zealot of some religious something i i think she's just upset i think she's she's upset at the over the whole mage school and everything else about it and she's just like i'm gonna ruin she was it seems like oh go ahead sorry no, go ahead. It seemed like she was being groomed to be more. Yeah, yeah, because you know? yeah, it seemed like the the place to be was Arendin or whatever that place was called. Like yeah. that was that was the uh, what's it called when people get posted? Uh, military people get posted somewhere. Orders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Orders. Yeah. Okay, that was the place to be. That was the assign the best. That was the best assignment. assignment. Thank there you. Yeah. yeah, and. Uh, for, uh, Yennefer just came in and was like, no, 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 I'm going to woo him. <laughs> I'm going to take care of this. And then it ended up being the shit job anyways. You're you're, you're just protecting the, the queen. After, But then all of a sudden, oh, you didn't give me a male heir again. So we're going to go ahead and kill the both of you kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, at the start, I thought she was just bitter. But particularly that last episode mm. when she's having other mages kill themselves to become fireballs. Um, Clearly, I, there's I something got there. the zealot vibe. I got the like, we're on a mission from God kind of feel like she's been taken over by some religious or <laughs> magical. Well, I mean, it's it's I think it's definitely funny that they set up early on that people just make fun of Nilfgaard all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, you guys got a stupid king. You, you guys are just a bunch of ugly <laughs> bastards. And look at you. We're all gray all the time. Like, you aren't even original enough for color. So eventually they're just like, fuck this. We're going to destroy We're everything. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, of course, there is the obvious underlying political sat uh, not satire but the political message of Nilfgaard spreading communism like that's what yeah yeah that's the whole talk about you know you're required to do service for the government and you there's only one type of ale and that's <laughs> yeah but they also talked about how that there is universal health care in <laughs> Nilfgaard and people are taken care of and people are eating I mean it's sounds very north korean and stuff but i mean that's definitely the undercurrent to the story take it as you will but that's definitely nilfgaard is the communist regime spreading like that's definitely Mm. the storyline okay so uh, what are some of the themes that everybody enjoyed what are are some of the things that you enjoyed in general in the show hedonism hedonism (laughs) Actually, I thought about this because I thought it was just going to be a one-off, but in the first episode when Geralt goes to visit that one wizard, and uh-huh. he's got kind of like a mini harem going on, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, whatever. And then when 
when he first meets Yennefer, and she's got like something even more elaborate than that going on in that governor's house. <laughs> Wonderful, like Roman style orgy going on. I was like, does does every mage go through a phase where they get bored of their power and they just want to see how crazy they can make things? I think it's a manipulation yeah. sort of thing. Like if you want to throw somebody off, just throw a bunch of naked people having orgies. And. Uh, I mean, but that scene where they introduce her to him and she's wearing that little mask, I'm like, oh, yes, more of this. And <laughs> from that point onward, every time they were on scene together, I'm like, come on, do it. I need this. They just had really good and chemistry su- together. And surprisingly, most of the time, your prayer was answered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't matter where they were. The house was just destroyed. If they were after a dragon. or They actually implied there was one other time that they uh, had relations but that was more of a flashback i was like oh why did they cheat us of that could have shown that (laughs) could have shown all these things so that's i mean that's a good thing to bring up what what do you decipher was Geralt's last wish because so he he catches he opens the Mm -hmm. the the gin and he gets three wishes well i'm guessing the first wish was the shut up Jasker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know what the second wish was. Just to blow up the the blow up the guy. Yeah. The guy's head. Was That's right. Yeah. Blow up the guy's head. And then, so what do you think the third wish was? Was it to for the gen not to kill her? Yeah, but why well, was it that they were always attracted to each other? Now the, the golden dragon said that his wish was not to lose her. Yeah. Ah. But he would anyway. But he would lose her anyway. Yeah. Okay. So that's which a is, shitty gin then. Can't keep is, a wish. Which is why we don't know whether she lived or died at the end of the last episode. Oh, she lived. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I think that was what it was supposed to build up to. And that's what it implies. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, her, to not lose her. I didn't, I didn't realize that's what the golden dragon said, which... Also interesting, just to introduce the golden dragon right in the middle of the show and then have him as a little thing. Can I say the, something about that episode? Sure. Um, <coughs> even when the writing seemed like it was going to be predictable, mm-hmm. somehow the way it was written, it still works. Yeah. <laughs> they talk about dragons and how they're rare and how like the gold dragons are so rare that they're probably not even real. And yet at the end, the dude is a gold dragon. Yep. I'm like... I did, genuinely didn't see this I coming. I didn't see that coming either. <laughs> but like, it seems perfect now because yeah. they set it up. And you but know, then it's also set up for something else, like the the rarity of other things. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Thing, just because it's rare does not mean it doesn't exist. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's it's the the fi- the two of them finding each other in the woods. Like after all that stuff, like it's it's it is good callback yeah. writing yeah and she even mentions like first witcher i meet like in my life and i can't get rid of you like they're always running into each other <laughs> i was like yeah this, that's how life is sometimes you know you just get on this path um well what the, there's that there, there's that phenomenon or whatever it is as soon as you learn about something you keep coming across it over what it's synchronicity no it's serendipity not that no, not really. it's it's another it's a it's kind of it's like two person name thing it's like a kruger hagen eyes theory or something I, I forget what it's called but it's void comp no not that one <laughs> uh but yes that's uh yeah it, i mean it, it, the golden dragon episode was was pretty cool I, I i did like that one i the guy that yennefer was with the that that night 
I mean, obviously. I killed it. I'm going to eat it. Yeah, dumbass. <laughs> was it the Reaver that killed him or was it one of the dragon's ladies? I think it was, uh, they said, I think, that it was the Reaver guy. Yeah. They, they all kept they saying all, They all accused him. But oh. I think after they saw what he did to that defenseless, skinny monster that was really just looking for food, like they are like, no, 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 no. We don't want this, this dude guy's to be a liability. on the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I, that's the, the way I kind of got yeah. it. Like They're like, because he even says something right after he kills that thing. He's like, well, let's just hope he doesn't find it first or something like that. Yeah. No, well, ba- backing up a bit on that one, though, because you brought up a good point of that whole scene is that he then decides, okay, we're going to eat this thing that I killed. And it gives him the runs. Yeah. And so, like, it just totally destroys this whole, like, chivalrous thing that it was obviously a facade to begin with anyway. Yes. Yeah. But just the way it destroys his character while still being true to the story was just really, really well done. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's one of the things I really liked about it. Sorry, I think I interrupted you guys over here. <laughs> You're good. Yeah, I, I, well, and the golden dragon kind of implies that he knows that Yennefer and Geralt need to be together to make yeah. things happen. Like, he clearly is not um uh, maybe omnipotent uh i think as, word a, is, as a high magical creature he probably is in tune to magic a lot more than so he knows that this guy needs to die for other things to occur kind mm-hmm. of yeah. stuff but um the phenomenon the theory you're thinking of is the biter bader meinhof yep oh, bader meinhof. thank you <laughs> uh so then okay what are some other things that you really enjoyed about the show <laughs> the music the music. <laughs> I actually no. That was probably one of my favorite things was the bard and like I j- a bard actually being what a bard is. I was like, <laughs> yes, this is exactly what I want from a fantasy bard. Like, this is great. Like, hey, let me go on an adventure with you, and I'll make you look good. <laughs> it works. <laughs> they become friends. Um, the changing of the characters and stuff. I, the queen character, you think, oh yeah, she's a cool badass. And later on, you're like, oh, she racist. Never mind. <laughs> but, um, and and her mistakes too were were pretty interesting. Which too. is, I think, is hilarious that she would constantly be like, "Destiny is bullshit." Like, I don't. Destiny says that a man needs to be the king. Destiny says that mm-hmm. I have to just pop out babies. <laughs> When actuality, I, I, you know, I'm going to go out there and fucking kill shit and, yeah. and make sure that my my kingdom rules. But then at the end, destiny is what needs to be taken care of. You cannot go against the law of surprise, which as a concept, like I've never heard of anything like that before. <laughs> and they're just playing around with it like, yeah, don't you know? Law of surprise. It's a thing. Like it just it's totally a, throws me through a loop. Like Such a fun yeah. You owe me the thing that you don't know you have yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. That that I was mean, funny. They that do describe funny. it. The they do describe it quite succinctly. I think when they talk about it as a gamble. Yeah, like yeah. the law of surprise is a gamble. Um, you, you you could get a new crop. You could get a baby. Like who knows? <laughs> but you could be steel skin. Yeah. Like what's knows? the downside? Like you still get things. I mean, it, the the downside is is what you could get because. What I may not know I have is... It a, could be a kid. Could, <laughs> That's, well, what, I guess that is a downside. You know, what I don't know I have is a crippled calf. 
Okay, a crippled yeah, calf. You know, or something that isn't particularly useful yeah. versus a pile of gold. I mean, <laughs> so you never know exactly what you're getting. You'll get something, but you never know what. Yeah. Um, I think obviously for me the life is like a box. Of- Box of chocolates. <laughs> the, the, the love surprise is like a box of chocolates. Yeah, that yes, yes. Um, Mom always had a way of putting things, so I'd understand. <laughs> For me, I definitely liked uh, all of the political and governmental interplay, um, particularly the use of there's a there's a standard. Uh, system of hierarchy when it comes to ruling Mm -hmm. Um, and and you talk about it in in democracies and republics and uh, monarchies and fiefdoms all of those things Um, you've got your commoner your influencer your king and your king maker and I like the fact that they oftentimes high fantasy doesn't involve king makers Mm -hmm. that's often a class that's kind of left out but the mages definitely serve as the king makers. Yeah. Like, and, and you get to see that interplay of, you know, we keep kings on the throne when they need to be. Do we dethrone them when they need to be? You know, we let Sintra fall because they're choosing to ignore the king makers. So you kind of see that interplay of who actually holds power mm-hmm. where, um, <clears throat> which I really appreciated. And you don't see in a lot of high fantasy. Yeah. Steven. Hmm. no my my personal favorites are the things that i already said honestly as far as the world goes what okay so what's something you're you're hoping for for next season not that you're gonna have to watch next season but what's something (laughs) i was gonna say that's my hope okay (laughs) (laughs) i don't have to i I, I, I know i sound like i'm just talking a whole bunch of shit i just i I don't know It, it was a lot of it's a lot of tired tropes for all the good things that were in there yeah, those were the few bright spots. Like the, everything that I liked were exceptions. Okay, okay, that's fair. So I, I think I've, I chimed in with everybody else's likes, and I, I've said a couple of my grievances. Did anybody else have grievances that they thought were big and needed to be addressed, or just general problems yet with the show? Were there any? Were there also were there any like big? mystery parts that you like you really enjoyed that you needed you wanted to chomp down on more well for me um i'm usually like really into deep diving stuff Mm -hmm. and it's just the time i haven't really had to go into it and start reading up on the wikis or like what exactly is law of surprise because that really confused the hell out of me in that episode (laughs) i was like wait how does that mean now he gets a kid what (laughs) <laughs> why, why did she throw up as soon as he said that like what's going on here because that was destiny being like haha you're pregnant yeah. <laughs> like he was like eh, it's gonna be fine and the queen's like, you like get, fuck you <laughs> like, you get a little hedgehog baby um so it's basically just the 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 density of the world the the mythology that, also the curse that dunny had sir dunny or whatever his name was yeah. like the 12th bell or whatever it was and then yeah and then she kisses him and that was enough to do it i mean once again is it shrek is it true love's kiss yeah. well i mean true love's kiss exists in almost all <laughs> and, fantasy and yeah. so like magic runs in that queen's family but the queen didn't have it but her grandma did or her mother did and obviously her daughter and granddaughter do now i think 
It's the blonde hair. Yeah. It's, uh, it might be blonde hair, but <laughs> yeah, I also like, it, 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 it's like blue eyes, man. It just skips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just something that she never put enough into trying, like, or nothing super tragic ever happened to her. To or the point maybe that, the universe was like, yeah, she don't deserve uh, more power. Yeah. <laughs> like, or maybe that's exactly what it is, that she acquired so much power on her own that like she just never it. needed to reach down for that. She rolled for warrior, didn't put any points into her <laughs> spell casting. <laughs> there you go. I mean, she did really well for herself up until the end as a yeah. warrior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should did just fine. Um, I think most of my grievances or desires to dig into have kind of been addressed i'd like to know more about the elves and what happened and all of that and the ending was very unsatisfactory for me for this first season but i do understand it's a series of short stories so i'll i will give it that however i just think that it's interesting that the show only got renewed for a second season like a week before the show launched so That means they had to have it all f- filmed and stuff. Like you, f- you filmed it with an ending like that, thinking, "Let's hope we get that second season, or else people are going to be really fucked because they're not going to know what anything else after this point." I yeah. think I think they knew they would have gotten a second season though. Like it had enough of a background with the video games and the books that I think they knew would we'll probably get a second season somewhere. And I, with the characters that they had too. I mean, I think I still think you're putting a lot of gam- gamble into it. I'm sure Netflix put a lot of money into it for the first season to not well, put it into a second season, but yeah. that's even a lot more money. Or the, I think it's it, it still got renewed before the season aired. So that's I what I said. Yeah, a week before the season yeah. aired, they they renewed it for a second season. But that's still you at, at that point, you still have it all filmed. Everything is done. Yeah, well, but that's why you end in such a horrible cliffhanger. Because if you don't get the second season before, then you want the <laughs> audience uproar <laughs> about what the hell, guys? We need a second season at yeah. least. Yeah. Well, at this or, point, we're still not getting the second season until 2021. Like they're, they're, they said they weren't going. It's going to be a whole year before they come yeah. back. I wouldn't be entirely. I think it's just because Henry Cavill's busy. Yeah. Doing what? <laughs> Listen, he's grown a lot of mustaches. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he died in Mission Impossible. There's no idea of him coming back for Superman anytime soon. Uh, I think Witcher is the only thing that he's attached to at the moment. Some people are talking about him maybe being the new Bond, but I don't know. It should be Idris Elba. We all know it. (laughs) Fair. Um, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if there wasn't a ninth episode that they filmed in case they didn't get renewed. Yeah. But that they didn't release. That's possible. I, I would not have been, because, I mean, that would make sense to me. Because I definitely think you could tie up most of the big ends in an episode if you had to. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, there's a way you could. You just have a satisfactory ending. Like, it's... Yeah. It's, yeah. It's Star Wars, so to speak, where it can end in the third episode, but then there's also the more of the story that you can go in for the more stuff. So I would not be surprised if there was just a single, uh, there was an episode that they just didn't release because they got renewed for a second season so they can flush it out more in a full season as opposed to in a single episode. All right. And they kind of made, like their, des- made their decision when they decided what book they were going to base the season off of, though, because they yeah. chose the short story book over the actual First novel. Yeah. like. So I think they were already doing a gamble anyway with how they started it. Okay. Which probably is... Yeah, like they didn't start... Yeah. It probably is one of its downfall <clears throat> for me is the short story aspect of it. Because it, 
Although I kind of like the timeline. I, I knew, like, watching enough fantasy and reading enough, I was like, I know exactly how this is going to end, which is why the ending didn't piss me off, because I was like, it's going <clears> to <throat> end with him meeting the princess, and, and that's going to be it. I feel like the one problem I did have with the ending, though, is that, like, it really wasn't... Like, you kind of... They threw in his background. Mm-hmm. Like, all of a sudden, like, oh, a little kid draw, and you're like, this feels kind of sort of... I don't know. I, I didn't love where they put... Yeah, see, I would have... Like, it almost felt like a rush, like, oh, yeah, we also need to throw in his kid self, like... Yeah, see, that would have been, like, part of a second season or third season, Yeah, that's what I was thinking, like, like, that felt more, like, later on down the line, you get how he became a witcher. Which is why I think that they were double-dutying it. Like, okay, we'll give this snippet so it's in there if we don't get a second season, but we're not going to really flesh it out, because if we do, then we can explain it. Yeah, I guess. Okay. As long as no one else has any more that they would like to say, we're going to go ahead. I would like to say one more. Okay. Uh, (coughs) There wasn't a lot of it for being an action-based story, but Henry Cavill's sword fighting is awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love how they fight fighting. I think all the fighting was pretty great in the show. Yeah, they do a really good job. And like I mentioned this, I think, somewhere else... But the moment that got me in the first episode, because I was kind of, you know, also kind of like, man, like this is kind of not really like I'm not really biting mm-hmm. with this yet. Uh, <laughs> when he uh, basically earns the butcher of Blaviken title, um, he just realizes he's gonna have to fight all these people, and he yeah. just sighs and says, "Fuck," <laughs> and then just lays waste to everybody. I mean, that's uh, kind yes. of what he does throughout the whole show. It's it's more. Of- <laughs> I'm just gonna have to kill these people. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Like. But the the way he did it, the the delivery of the line, and then just going to town on those folks, just just okay, I'm in. This, I mean, the only time he ever actually struggles in fighting is when he fights monsters. When he fights people, it's all it very easy, easy for him. Yeah. So well, he is a bit of a Superman himself. Yeah, the way. best way that it was described to me because I asked someone else, I said, "What is a Witcher?" Like it, they never really kind of say. It's just he's a mutation. Like that's it. That's all I realized. I was like. Someone said to me, just think of magical Captain America. Like, they took a kid, they they juiced him up, and then they made him the best of what he could possibly be. Yeah. Right. I was thinking Blade. He's like a daywalker. Like yeah, I guess monster. that's... I mean, yeah, that's also relevant. He's also Deadpool. He's also, yeah. you know, <laughs> he's Deathstroke. It's, it's, it's all the same thing. But the person said it to me, like, he's magical Captain America. It's like, all right, I'm in. I Got understand. <laughs> uh, okay, so... If you have anything about The Witcher that you'd like to get off your chest and talk to us and tell me how wrong I am, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchpedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. John, where can people find you online? On Twitter, I am at Magic Bollocks. Uh, Elizabeth? You can find me with the Geek Elite Media. <laughs> Jessica? On Twitter, I'm J.M. Bailey Writes. Steven? You can find me on all social media uh, as either Peppermint Gent or Peppermint Gentleman. Uh, my Twitter, I've been posting a little bit more. Uh, today I posted a saucy tale, or a saucy scene from uh, an episode of CSI Wizard of Oz. CSI Wizard of Oz? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Uh, who killed the witch? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which witch did we watch get whacked? Oh, there you go. Yeah. 
Um, the rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our on our website, geekleetmedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. 